Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Aboriginal land and recognize the strength, resilience, and capacity of the Turrbal and Yagara people in this land. Hey! <laughs> Taylor! Oh, not ready. Hello, Mel. <laughs> I got a question for you. Hear me with it. What do you get when you cross a dog and a calculator? What? <laughs> a friend you can count on. No! Oh! <laughs> oh man. Walk right into that one. Book book hello. hello. <laughs> Welcome back to the you're such a dork. Uh, Welcome back to the Flip and Bubba podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. We're here to talk about dogs. Yes. Are you Surprise. ready? Surprise. Surprise. Okay. Last time. <laughs> Ow. I got itchy nose. Hang on. Oh, hi. Okay. I'm done. Um, last time I had an article uh, about like heartwarming dog stories. Yeah. Part two, y'all. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, there were 10 stories. I think I read like three. Yep. Uh, I want to do some more. So they were in the show notes from a couple of weeks ago. So maybe you already were super keen and read them. But for the rest of you lazy people that did it, <laughs> I'm going to read them out loud. I guess. So Bummer and Lazarus. Bummer. What a name. Can you Lazarus imagine also. being a dog and being called Bummer? Uh-huh. Well, maybe it's good because a dog could never be a bummer. So like, here's a positive spin on the word bummer. Say bummer again. Bummer. <laughs> Is this a theme? In the 1860s, <laughs> two stray dogs called Bummer and Lazarus were given the run of the city of San Francisco at a time when any other stray dog would have been rounded up and thrown in the pound. Oh. But Bummer and Lazarus were different. They were celebrities. They were celebrities? The word celebrities is highlighted, so I'm curious to see what happens when I click on celebrities. <laughs> it just gives you a list of celebrities, including Bummer and Lazarus. How to write a memoir. Is that what it linked to? Yep. Well, sanfrancismemoirs.com. Weird. Don't don't click on it. I'm That's pretty sure I have 20 so viruses weird. <laughs> The newspapers of the day reported their doggy exploits as if they were Posh and Bex or Brad and Angelina. Nah. I hate Posh and Bex. Why would just, I just... Just the abbreviation of the people. Oh, Bex. Like David Beckham. Beckham. Yeah, weird. No, nah, I hate it. Mm. <laughs> um, if they got into a fight with rival dogs, the papers often printed an exaggerated account of it the next day, complete with eyewitness testimony and a dramatized cartoon of the event. Brilliant. Even Mark Twain took time out from working on Huckleberry Finn <laughs> to write about them. Sorry, what? They were famous. They were really famous. Famous as hell. <laughs> um, but the reason they were so beloved was due to their close friendship. Bummer started off as a tough mutt who begged people for scraps, hence his name. What? I don't oh, know. Like bumming. Like uh, bumming food off someone. Yeah, gotcha. Excuse me. <laughs> My coffee's just going down. Uh, when another stray arrived in the city and lost a fight, witnesses thought he'd be torn to shreds until Bummer came running in to fight off his attacker. As Bummer nursed the injured dog back to health, it was given a new name, Lazarus. 
Their legend grew and every twist and turn of their friendship was reported on. When Bummer was shot in the leg. Holy moly. And Lazarus didn't look after him. There was an uproar. The whole city turning on Lazarus. Um, does no one just want to help these dogs or... Also, it's a dog. I don't think it understands how guns work. Yeah. Especially with a stray. What? <laughs> anyway, the weird press fascination went on until both dogs died. And even after that, the coverage continued with each newspaper accusing the other of publishing erroneous details about the dog's deaths. So weird. I don't know how that was a heartwarming story, but like... It's I guess because they were buddies. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, until Lazarus was like, nah. <laughs> but again, not his fault. Yeah, he's he's a dog. Yeah, that just wants to be safe. Yeah. Oh my goodness, how bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um, have we talked about Bud Nelson before? Bud Nelson. I don't think we have, but definitely go look up the picture if uh, if if you haven't seen it. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Just one look at Bud Nelson is enough to tell you that he was the greatest dog who ever lived. Whoa, whoa, big call. What's that called? Uh, grandizing, aggrandizing. Uh, yep. Okay. Is that what you mean? Sort of. Um, I can't remember there's a, there's a word there. Superlative. No. Um, um, uh, it's like when you- Not an oxymoron, but it has a similar vibe. <laughs> I can tell you what it's All not. Right. <laughs> He's an old-timey dog wearing goggles in a scratchy black and white photo. If he hadn't existed, he would have been dreamed up for a steampunk novel or a Bioshock game. Love Bioshock. Oh, true. He has a vibe. The human in the photo is Bud Nelson's owner, a doctor called Horatio Nelson. Um, Horatio was the first man to cross America by car in the oh. year 1903 with his hilariously named co-driver Sewell K. Crocker. <laughs> That's a real name. Apparently. And of course, <laughs> Bud. That made Bud the first dog to cross the United States by car. At the time, the automobile was still in its infancy, meaning that driving was neither safe nor fun. Great. <laughs> the car was a ruthless monstrosity with little to no suspension to protect from the mostly unpaved roads. And it would have made a lot of noise while belching out nox noxious smoke. Mm, delightful. Um, P.S. Hyperbole. Hyperbole! <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Thank you. But Bud Nelson was braver around the thing than some people would have been back then. He was given the goggles to protect his eyes and sat there looking <laughs> just as happy as he does in the photo all the way across the continent of North America. Aww. It's really cute. He's At like, least he liked He's got it. his little teethies out. Yee. But it's true. Like, if you think about like how it is driving without a windscreen true yeah like just imagine no windscreen then imagine Gross. none of the roads are paved then imagine i don't know like even more pollution coming out of it of driving yeah and then mm. just breathing in like gasoline constantly Jeez, <laughs> delicious <laughs> uh do 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 pickles oh i don't think i talked about pickles last time pickles in 1966, the World Cup was being held in England, which to the English was kind of a big deal. <laughs> Maybe the reason they were taking it so seriously was because they had a feeling they might win. Spoiler alert, they did. So uh, you can imagine how bummed they were when the World Cup was stolen just four months before the matches started. Sorry, what? Apparently. Who Again, a hyperlink, it? but let's see what viruses I get this time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's just, it's a literal hyperlink to a, the real story. Yeah, oh, classic. good job, article. Uh, just four months before the match started, there was a frenzy to find the cup and avoid international embarrassment. And it was eventually found by a plucky collie named Pickles. Cute. 
Definitely the dog in this photo is not a collie, but thank you for <laughs> that anyway. Pickles was being walked by his owner when he sniffed something out in the bushes. What Pickles had found was the missing World Cup. Wild. How random is that? In the aftermath of Pickles finding the cup, his rise to fame can only be described as meteoric. Wow. Pew. <laughs> he was lavished with attention from the press as the hero dog who'd saved the nation from international embarrassment. He just went for a sniff, y'all. Like. <laughs> Pickles even attended a banquet in his honour where he was given a bone and a cheque for £1,000. Holy um, moly. Which is a lot, especially in 1966. Yeah, far enough. Um, archive footage shows the cheque being shoved into his face. Uh, Great. So we hope it was cashed by his master and not Oof. chewed to shreds. <laughs> he later went on to star in several TV shows and even the movies. Apparently. That's crazy. Again, let me click this dangerous hyperlink. <laughs> what have you 30 got? 30-second news. Pickles and owner receive £1,000. That, that's, the, that's the movie he started it. Started. Oh, good. Was him receiving one Good linkage. <laughs> oh, don't click on these hyperlinks. They're so dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you feeling satisfied? Yeah. Three cool. solid Three stories. stories. How random. They are a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if my heart is entirely warm. Uh, they weren't particularly warming, but again, they were on the heartwarming stories from history. So it's more um, intriguing, deal with it. intriguing stories of history this time around. Yes. I like it. The first time I did do the heartwarming, like the letter dog. You know what else will warm your heart? Oh, man. <laughs> What's that? The Trevor. <laughs> I didn't even hear what you said. The Trevor. Trevor with a D. Oh, uh, D R E V E R. I'm gonna get a tre- a Trevor named Trevor. A good, yeah. I bet no one's ever thought of that. <laughs> so I read this week. Oh, it's really cute. Yeah, it's a really bizarre kind of looking it's dog. It's like it looks like a gun dog, but with really short legs. It's like yeah, it's like a it's like if a dachshund suddenly decided to grow a really long head. <laughs> That's uh, all I've got. That's yeah. all I've got. I've never seen this dog before. It's yeah. so cute. So it's a purebred dog from the country of Sweden. Sweden. Loyal, hardworking, and alert. These pups have some of the best qualities of any dog around. We've got some uh, really solid hyperboles this time. <laughs> this episode. Uh, drivers go by one other name, which is Swedish Dash Bracky. Well done. It's like Dachshund. So maybe it's Dax Brack. I wonder if they are descended from Dachshund. Yeah. They're super cute, though. Despite being from the country of Sweden, you might be able to find this purebred at your local shelter or breed-specific rescues nearby. Probably not in Australia. Remember, it's always better to adopt, not shop. Ah, thanks, dog time. Wow, cheers. These great... These great... It doesn't say great, but I feel like they're great. So I added it in. I'm adding the great. (laughs) I'm committing to it. These great hardworking pooches can make great apartment dogs for active urban dwellers. They do look like good apartment dogs. They're so... so, There's one... There's a picture of one that looks like a stuffed toy. Like, it's so cute. Although, with their high energy, they're better suited for larger homes with yards where they can run around. These pups can get along well with single-person households or larger families. If you mm. want an alert and loyal pup who won't leave your side, then the Drever might be the perfect breed I just, for you. Every time you say Drever, I just hear Trevor. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know how to say it. No, you're say saying it, it right, yeah. I think. But I just it just sounds like it's Trevor. It's like Drever, Drever. I don't I'm know. sure in Swedish it probably sounds like Drever or something. Mm. I don't know. That was a horrible impression. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sweden. But they have really sweet, almost like beagle-like yeah, faces. Yeah, that's what I thought. Beagle crossed with Dachshund. Then like a thick, short, uh, like a 
thick body with a short coat that kind of makes it look like a basset hound, but with slightly longer legs and then like a really thick tail. Whoa. Um, that's my Get description. Get your imagination just popping. Yeah. Um, they're so cute though. I've never seen them. They're only about 12 to 5, 12 to 5, 12 to 15 inches tall <laughs> and weigh about 35 to 40 pounds, <laughs> which is about like 10, 20, no more than 20 kilos. No way. Um, and they live for about 15 years. Wow. Nice. That's a long, long lifespan. Life. Yeah. Let me just, uh, I want the history. Give us some history. Give me the dates. I'm now on the AKC website. What's up, AKC? So, history. The small-sized... Oh, oh, I was like, it said small-sized German hound. And I was like, oh, but it's Swedish. Anyway, I should read the rest of the sentence. The yep. small-sized German hound, the Westphalian... What did I say it was? Dax Brackey was imported to Sweden in 1910. The first dogs were registered in 1913, but little else is known about the breed before 1930. It was from then on that it gained a reputation as a very good tracker of deer. Is this a different breed? No, because it is the drover. Uh, Deer had been sparse (laughs) until then, but as they grew stronger in numbers and spread further north, hunters got to hear about the advantages of the short-legged deer tracking hound. In 1947, the larger Swedish variety of the Bracky was given the name Draver. In 1953, the Draver was recognized as a Swedish breed. The Draver is considered the first choice for deer hunting, but it is also... First choice. Isn't that wild? There's so little to be hunting deer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they're more sniffers than they are hunters. Attackers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It is also a very reliable hound for hunting both hare and fox. In all essence, the driver should be built as a track hound. It should have the ability to work efficiently in the Swedish terrain and climate. The breed is strictly kept as a hunting dog and hardly ever heard of as just a companion dog. Oh, oh there you go. I'm sure lots of people have them as companion dogs now. <laughs> it's surely. my companion dog. <laughs> right? So they have been assigned the hound group designation. Yep. Uh, it has been recorded in the Foundation Stock Service since February 2015, which I is a... Uh, classification right uh the draver must have uh, the akc is always so intense (laughs) i don't know about must but i guess the akc must have a draver with a white color with white coloring rather on their tail tip all four feet and some on their chest neck and face little little white splotches Uh, it is sweden's most popular dog apparently really yeah there you go so, Shout out Sweden. If you have a driver, please send us a photo. <gasps> please do. Sweden, we want to talk to you. <laughs> Sweden. <laughs> Sweden. <laughs> um, they are, yeah, short-legged, long-bodied. That is a good, yeah. Yep. Very dachshund, but not. Uh, keen, even-tempered, never aggressive, nervous or shy, content in most living situations, but tend to be vocal when alerting or at play. Uh, Care-wise, we've got um, not a lot for grooming. The occasional bath or brush um, and occasional shedding, but it is that short, smooth coat. Yeah, they look pretty low maintenance Yeah, on the whole. It actually says short, coarse hair, but it's not it, – it's a smooth coat, but it is – the fur itself is coarse. Yeah. If that makes sense. Easily maintained. They do shed some. This dog is truly – Oh, though they do shed some, this dog is truly a wash and wear breed. <laughs> what okay, does that okay, mean? I guess that just means wash when needed. Uh, the occasional bath will keep them clean and looking their best. If necessary, nails can be trimmed. Um, 
it should be checked uh, because they do have floppy ears as well. Um, do check your dog's, your yep. driver's ears. Uh, teeth can be brushed, but it's all just like general stuff. It's generic dog stuff. Yeah. Uh, they do need regular exercise. They have kind of like a medium to high uh, energy level. They're very playful, love to hang out with their people. As long as they have some stimulating daily activity, they're content to lay on the couch with you. Aw. Cute. They are great companions for outdoor activities like walking, biking, and hiking, and are happiest with a good balanced routine. Maybe I need this dog in my life. Because he's like small and cuddly and he's also active. I love that. Perfect. I love that. Do it. Tempting. I'll have to look around. Any activity to stimulate their hunting abilities and scent work is greatly enjoyed by the driver as they are excellent hunters. Greatly enjoyed. <laughs> Other activities to expend the driver, dra- driver's driver's energy could include barn hunting. Barn hunting? Uh, wounded hunting animal recon. <laughs> Shed hunting. What is barn and shed hunting? Lure coursing rally and agility. I assume that means herding animals that would live in those locations. Surely you're not just hunting for structures. (laughs) It's like like house hunting, but barn hunting. They're just like really into finding a good barn for you. (laughs) Wow, not appreciated. (laughs) No. I wish I could. I just, no. Oh, of course. It's for keeping rodents and stuff oh, away. And that out of does make more sense. Keeping away pests. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Kind of gross though, but. Okay. Gross, but also we appreciate it. Um, they, yeah, there's not looking to be a lot of drivers in Brisbane, which is where we're based. I'm looking, done. but I can't find any. Lots of, oh, that one's cute. Well, <laughs> lots of cute things. Always just, lots of cute things. Uh, just not drivers. <laughs> Uh, they are so they're not super trainable. I mean, they are, but they can be stubborn. Stubborn. Yep, yep. So you got to work for it. Um, but they are alert and responsive. Uh, they tend to follow their nose. So training them to listen to commands is a must. Though gentle and loving as a hound, they are still stubborn. So there must be a commitment to his training. Commit. And health-wise, they are mostly healthy, sound dogs. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there's no clear concerns. I assume because they are also long dogs, you just need to watch out for their spine. But even the AKC doesn't really mention it. That's so good. Uh, Yeah, I was going to try to find some other facts for you, but that's pretty much it. Hey. I'm here for it. That was great. Yeah, they're so cute. Such weird looking dogs. Definitely have a Google if you don't know what they look like. Yeah. I imagine it must be a fun game to picture what they look like based on our description yeah. and then look it up and be like, oh. I want someone out there to do fan art based entirely oh my on God, our description. Please, if you ever try and draw our descriptions, please send That'd me. That'd be so fun. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, Yeah, that's the driver. Cool. That's my driver. He's so cute. I love him. He's such a weird looking dog. <laughs> so cute. It's like a compact hunting dog. So speaking of hunt, not really. <laughs> Uh, my trip for today is a little bit specific, but okay. I wanted to chat about it anyway. Cool. Um, it's about training blind dogs. <gasps> so interesting. That's so good. So interesting. So you might adopt a dog that is blind mm-hmm. or um, a lot of dogs start to lose their sight as they get older. Yeah. Um, Bella did. Mm-hmm. My, my first dog when I was a kid, she lost her sight and would run into stuff Aww. that had been there like her whole life Honey. so um it even though you might have a fully active fully seeing dog you never know what can happen yeah um my dad had a cat that got hit by a car and oh, lost geez. 
its eye. Oh, geez. Yeah. And she eventually went blind in the other eye. So, I mean, nothing is certain. Nothing yeah. is predictable. I don't want to bring the podcast down, but you never know what can happen. So yeah. even though you might have a fully, um, you know, perfectly functional, functional dog, <laughs> um, you know, they start to go a bit blind when they go older, but it doesn't mean necessarily that they're untrainable, that they won't do things. They still are fully capable dogs. Yeah. Or if you happen to be one of those lovely souls that adopts a blind dog, mm. um, here are some ways to train it because yeah. they are still absolutely capable of learning. Yes. Um, so the first tip it has is give your blind dog a scent map. Ooh. So um, a puppy that is blind at birth can learn as well as any other dog. Um, the first adjustment that this trainer makes when training a blind dog is scent corners of the rooms, walls, doorways, or even furniture with a little lavender or vanilla. Oh, that's so interesting. Less than a drop will do. Of course. Please, yes. we've talked about essential oils before. Remember, they're heckin' strong and they're 20 times as strong if you're a dog yep. or a cat or an animal. <laughs> really, really tiny doses. Yeah. So this gives your dog a pathway of scent to follow quickly to establish where everything is. Um, you can also send your dog's toys with vanilla so they're easy to distinguish too. Cute. Du- again, double check the chemicals. Make sure there's nothing harmful in there. Dogs lick stuff. They put stuff in weird places. <laughs> really, really, really tiny amounts. Check that it's all safe first. Yeah. But um, yeah, so basically you sent the doorways, you sent the furniture so that they can smell where <sighs> things are. So clever. So they can walk through it. Yeah. And they're not going to walk into something that has a really big smell. Yeah. Basically. Um, so there's a couple training methods to start with. Clicker training, like we've talked about before, is a great method to use with a blind dog because mm-hmm. they can hear it. Yeah. Uh, click makes a very short and concise noise that's e- easily distinguishable from anything else. Um, and you use the click to mark the exact moment your dog does the right thing. So they learn, they've done the right thing, makes a sound. So it's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, then follow this with a reward. Most commonly a soft, small piece of food is given. And there's two ways, uh, two easiest ways to teach a dog using a clicker are um, luring, mm-hmm. which is when you take a small, soft piece of food, use it to lure your dog into position. For instance, if you want to teach your dog to sit, you take one of your dog training treats and put it in front of your dog's nose and then slowly move it up and over his head. As the head goes up to track the food, his rear end naturally hits the floor. And when this happens, you click, marking the exact moment your dog sits. Then immediately follow the click with the reward. So good. So they're learning a click is a good thing it's a mm-hmm. yes it's a reward mm-hmm. and then they continue to do the behavior that yeah um the other method is a capture which is when mm. you click and treat a dog for doing something on his own that yep. you like so you haven't necessarily convinced them to do this they've mm. just done it yeah so if you want to teach a dog to lie down then click and treat the very moment he lays down on his own if he continues to lie down then click and treat a few more times while he remains down with consistency he'll soon realize that laying down causes good things to happen and soon when you're around, he'll begin to offer his behavior, hoping to get a click and a treat. Yeah. Now, obviously you can't do this for everything all the time because then he's just being no, clicked out. But he's just being clicked out and it doesn't make sense. So um, definitely do a little bit more research and figure out how the progression or the order to train them in. But yeah. That's kind of how that works. So basic training commands for your blind dog. Once your dog is responding to a clicker, you're ready to go. So the first one is called name game. Hmm. <laughs> this is a great Cute. way to teach a blind dog to orient to you. So if you need them to come, whatever. Sure. Start with 10 small soft treats. 
Say your dog's name and give them a treat. Repeat 10 times. Do this a couple times a day over a period of two or three days. You want to see your dog get visibly excited <laughs> when they hear their name. <laughs> so next when your dog is not paying attention to you. So after you've done a couple of days of like orientating with the name, yep. you want to do it kind of randomly. So mm. when they're not paying attention, say the name. And as soon as his head turns around, he's facing your direction, click and treat. <laughs> Soon he'll respond and come to you every time he hears their Cute. name. Cute. Cute. So that's really cute. Um, come is the same kind of thing as the name game. So mm -hmm. you can teach using the word come. You can also teach it using a whistle as your cue, mm -hmm. which is um, which means you also have an emergency recall as well. So True. You whistle, you're good to go. Yeah. Um, and then basically the same thing with sit and down. You know, like yeah. you keep going. So down, have your dog sit, then take a small soft treat, put it in front of your dog's nose, slowly move your hand with the treat straight down between your dog's front feet, um, letting your dog even smell or look at the treat and then hold it there until he crouches into a down, mm. click and treat. You can also capture the down as described above. So basically it's, it's using the treat to indicate where you want them to go or yep. where you want them to be and then rewarding the success when they do what, yeah, yeah. what you want them to do. Mm. Um, so here are a couple of things to keep in mind when training a blind dog. You want to keep your verbal cues simple. So mm. using a single word cue, such as sit, down, lay, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Keep your cues consistent. So dogs who can see our faces or body language rely heavily on what they see when learning verbal cues. Sometimes they never truly learn the word, but are responding to our body language. True. Blind dogs can't do that. So we need to help them out by keeping our cues simple and precisely the same each and every time. Yeah. So you can't, you want to keep it the same length, the same tone as much as possible um, because they're not going to respond to your body language and your face. Yeah. Um, consider using a unique sound. So instead of using words or hand signals, you could also use novel sounds for each exercise you teach your dog. Shepherd's whistle, a whistle that you can make different tones and sounds with, would be good for using mm. with a blind dog. So <laughs> I'm the just more thinking of like a kazoo or like a <laughs> yeah slide whistle. <laughs> yeah. The more you can orientate it around sound, the better they're gonna do. Yeah, basically. Um, with just a few adjustments, you'll find that training a blind dog is not really any different than working with any other dog. Mm -hmm. Just with patience and consistency, your dog will be learning all the things that you're willing to teach them. And as people around you watch your dog and respond and grow with training, I'm sure the one person will be shocked when they realize you're training a blind dog. Mwah, so that's pretty cool. And like, that's really I mean, cool. the same goes for if you're transitioning a dog that has previously been able to see um, into blind training. Yeah you just need to make those commands really really clear so yeah. if you, you used a visual cue for sit you need to start using a, a verbal cue yeah. or a sound cue to help them transition that because if especially if they're transitioning into blindness they're soon not going to be able to to see that anymore so yeah same principle really um in general it's good to have both a sound and a visual cue anyway. totally yeah i and i usually will do like when i'm trying to train zola i will i'll have a hand signal and a yeah. verbal cue yeah. so that if she's listening to me she knows what to do but if she's watching me she can also yeah. know what i'm doing <laughs> yes the end very good very good so anyway, i know i know that's not super relevant for everyone and hopefully your pet is as healthy as they can be yeah no accidents all that kind of thing but it is kind of interesting yeah and also they don't have to be blind to use clicker training or use any of that kind of training it nope. works just the same for fully sighted doges ah 
How good. The that was end. really good. I like that a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, F-L-O-O-F-P-U-P-P-E-R podcast. Just give us a search. We should come up. Um, we love seeing your comments and yeah. you sharing your pictures with us. So keep it coming. Um, and if you want to guess what next week's breed will be, I will be posting Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. a little screenshot of the dog close up. Um, so keep those guesses coming in because I think that's really, really fun. So fun. <laughs> uh, thanks to Last Not Canon for hosting us as well. Thank you so much. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Go out. I like hug how it at the end of every podcast we have to be like, <laughs> Uh, and we're done. That's it. Ah, <laughs> oh, hug a dog for us. Hug all the dogs. Sorry, um, I'm so sorry. You must have to turn down this podcast. Like you're stereo <laughs> every time you listen on your earphone. Ah, oh, it's good to hang out with you guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Uh, have a really great week. We love you. We love dogs. Book book goodbye. Book book goodbye. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber. In order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes and wherever you find podcasts. Uh, That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.